0: This podcast contains spoilers, explicit language, and is not made for anyone under the age of 13. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, how's it going everybody? Welcome back to John vs. Film, and today we are taking a look at 1999's Gamera 3, Jashin Kakusei. Or, actually, I should say it right, like this Gamera Son, Jashin Kakusei. Or also known as Gamera 3 Revenge Virus. And is directed by Shusuke Kaneko. And according to IMDb this time, it is co written by both Kazunori Ito and Shusuke Kaneko. So. This is the third and final movie of the Gamera Trilogy. I recommend listening to my previous episodes and also watching these movies because these movies are fantastic, especially the one I'm talking about. And it's the one I really don't want to spoil for anyone who has never seen it. So if you've never seen this movie, bye-bye. Go away. Go to Amazon Prime and watch it or find it on Blu-ray, DVD. You you, give, you can find it, you know, Just just go watch it. Are they gone? All right. Well, for those who have watched the movie or those who don't care about spoilers, you heathens, you heathens, (laughs) Uh, you know, this is a really fantastic movie. And I'm going to just break it down how it goes on John versus film. And here, you know, I give a little synopsis of the movie that I wrote up. Then I talk about five things I like about the movie. Then I go into five things I have dislikes or criticisms about the movie. Then I wrap it all up with my overall thoughts. And I don't really want to beat around the bush. Uh, oh, before I get started, I just want to mention that I, uh, hopefully by the time, you know, well, during the recording of this episode, I, you know, <clears throat> like, uh, I know in previous episodes, I've talked about Shin Ultraman and how I've been like, I'm hoping for uh, some announcement of a U.S. release. Well, we didn't get a U.S. release announcement uh, literally yesterday after I got done recording Gamera 2. I found out that uh, Shin Ultraman will be having its North American premiere on the Montreal uh, film, like Canada film festival the it's an international films festival I think it's a Fantasia, yeah Fantasia festival Uh, like uh, by the time this episode comes out though uh, the event is going to be over yeah like uh, literally the event will already be over but I'm just showing you how early I'm recording this episode so hopefully, I actually, maybe even though I don't live in Canada, I'm hoping, very hopeful that I might get to see it. You'll know on the on my YouTube channel whether or not I saw it. But anyway, with that housekeeping done, uh, if you think you can spoil Shin Ultraman for me, well, joke's on you. The internet already had. <laughs> or I should say... The official marketing of the movie already spoiled the movie, so yeah. Anyway, with now outdated news out of the way, let's get right into it. So, here's my synopsis. Gamera has one mission. Destroy the Gauss. Unfortunately, this leaves humanity in the crossfires for this hunt. Meanwhile, a high school student named Ayana, who hates Gamera... Lee, you know, whose hatred for Gamera leads her to awakening a demonic creature who she, who she names Iris. Iris and Ayana have only one goal. Revenge on Gamera. So yeah, pretty cool, huh? Well, anyway, I I'm going to tell you this right now with my likes of the notes. I have some pretty detailed notes, so I'm definitely gonna be talking about likes about this movie the dislikes and criticisms are they're definitely nitpicks 100 percent no question about it except maybe no 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 no. they're all nitpicks or they're not really criticisms or dislikes because it's it's really hard to dislike like this is like such a fantastic movie yeah i'm sure there's flaws in it but i'm Like the strengths very much outweigh any flaws this movie has, and the flaws this movie have are like very minor. But anyway, without further ado, I'm gonna get into my likes. And the first thing I am gonna like, and this actually carries over to the previous two movies, it's like the visuals. I, and when I'm talking about visuals, I mean the cinematography, lighting, and editing. It's really great in this trilogy, but I think it's at its best. Here in this movie Uh, Let me look at the Cast and crew real quick Because I really Want to give cinematographer Junichi Tozawa Who did the cinematography for the entire Trilogy but this was His last cinematography uh, Cinematographer Credit according to IMDB Of course how You know How accurate that is Who knows and the editing for this film, this film in particular, is Isao Tomida who also did, you know, the editing for Godzilla, Mothra, King, you know, King, Adore, Giant Monsters, All Attack. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I do know for a fact he has passed away because I, it was mentioned in Norman England's. Behind the Kaiju Kern, which, by the way, fantastic book. If you love kaiju, if you love movies, yeah, that's that's your like, you know, that's a highly recommended book because it gives you such a behind-the-scenes, you know, look of you know what it's like, you know, making you know Japanese monster movies in particular, you know, and. It's it's just like such a great look to how these movies were made, and it's unlike anything I've ever read. You know, uh, again, highly recommend it. It's a, it's a great read. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I really wanted to mention that real quick. But anyway, again, you know, rest in peace, you know, Tomita-san. Uh, but there isn't much for lighting. The only thing we got, you know, like uh, for lighting assistant is Saijiro Miano. And I, I'm going to just uh, throw this in. Atsu Atsushi Doi, who is a visual effects artist. You know, not to be confused with the special effects. You know, that's still Shinji Higuchi. You know, uh, but I'm throwing... Goisan in there simply because well, a lot of the visual effects I do think attribute to the lighting and the overall visual look of the movie obviously visual effects but with that aside, it is you know, this, like, the past two movies have, like, some really great shots. I'm going to touch those real quick. I know I'm supposed to be talking about Gamma 3 but uh, one shot in particular is you know, the one in Advent of Legion where Gamera's hunched you know, lifeless body is hunched over with the sunset behind it. It's a really cool shot. Uh and there was like some really you know nice shots, you know, close ups with the monsters in Gamera Guardian of the Universe. Uh granted I don't think the cinematography was you know the greatest in that well, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm making it sound a lot more negative. I'm In comparison to the trilogy, I think the cinematography, in comparison to the other two, are at its weakest in the first movie. But it's still great. But I think here in this movie, we have the best, you know, like, visuals, especially the cinematography in this movie. Uh, but, you know... Again, it's like, I think, you know, this me talking about the cinematography, lighting and editing that can carry over to the previous two movies. Uh, But I really want to give you some examples of the cinematography. There's like this one shot of Iris, you know, coming above the clouds with the moon, you know, the bright full moon in the background as Iris is flying towards the camera. That's a really cool shot then there's iris landing onto Kyoto, you know already kyoto i love that shot both him this you know iris descending from the clouds and as well as the actual landing you know you know in kyoto as we get to see you know uh civilians running away from iris on the streets below and Iris is someone in the distance. There's this I didn't write this shot. But there's this really great shot. Where we get to see. I, I don't remember if it was Iris or Gamera. But we get to see the reflection on a puddle. That's really great. Uh, the Kyoto station fight at the end. Between Iris and Gamera. That has some really great close up shots. You know. Between the two. Uh, sorry about my Cat, if you hear that, that that is my cat who decides now, now is a great time to use the bathroom. Love my cat. <laughs> uh anyway, uh there's another like wide shot of iris deflecting cameras. you know, fire blasts and those fire blasts hitting Kyoto ground, causing, you know, fires to I'm sorry, they're plasma shots, but anyway. Iris uses its Tacticals to deflect You know the shots As it's looking up in the sky and still one shot And the you know the blast land on the city and the city Is engulfed in flames and we It's like such a great shot You know there uh, There's some great shots in the Gamera Shibuya fight uh, Like when Gamera Is Like uh, <clears throat> Attacking the Gauss and A very busy Shibuya Uh, And there's also like Really great transitions with the editing As well Like we get to see Civilians You know underneath you know some rubble You know like or like Some collapsed rubble but they're like They're like still able to walk Around and move but then we see A foot or Gauss's claw I don't know just you know Smoothly, like, stop, you know, stomp on them. That's like a really great editing shot from that. Oh, so good. Uh, then we get this really haunting yet warm shot of Iris, in, you know, wrapping, you know, it's like baby Iris wrapping its tentacles around Ayana um, in the forest. There's this like heavenly, you know, orange glow but it's also a little bit haunting it time. it's like a false you know hero like it's deceivingly warm and it fits the tone so well i but by far one of my favorite you know shots is that where we, like and this is like a combination of visual effects cinematography lighting you know it's that it transit you know it starts with gamma's head You know, Gamera's looking to the right, you know, and then we get to see flames from the right come up, and from those flames, we get Iris, you know, coming from those flames, but it's like, it starts off like a transparent, you know, look into its full look. Iris is facing, you know, Gamera, and this camera's still like panning, you know, between the two, you know, it's panning from Gamera to Iris emerging from the flames, and then. Uh, right behind Iris's head, we get Ayana's head facing, you know, right. So, as, you know, kind of a clear, Gamera's facing right and like, Iris is facing left towards Gamera, but is facing right, but it's also sort of to reflect a mirror, you know, like, she's pretty much like Ayana and Iris are kind of like split down the middle, essentially, like It's very much like as the flames go away, it transitions to Ayana looking to the left with like a very vengeful look, and it's also to help demonstrate the connection between Iris and Ayana in that moment and the hate, the hatred that's coming from both Iris and Ayana. It's a really great shot, and I I just want to say there's some really nice lighting in this movie with. Some really great oranges, you know, orange for the fire. Some, you know, bright blues, dark blues. It's a surprisingly colorful movie. Iris, the lighting on Iris looks great. You know, especially, you know, we get some, you know, prism, rainbow, like, uh, translucentness. Whereas Iris is descending with its tentacle wings or whatever. Uh, And also the lights on his chest. Uh, There's just so many cool visuals. Going on with this movie. It's so great. And it's surprisingly you know colorful. For a rather dark movie. Which uh, that's going to be my next movie. You know point is that this one. Particularly has a darker tone. Like they really push Gamera to his limits. With this movie. You know like the suit design you know. Overall, like the design of Gamera is different than the previous two because Gamera is much meaner looking, as Gamera is constantly just nonstop fighting Gauss as Gauss keep appearing, and it you know his you know look reflects that you know the eyes are you know smaller the uh I don't want to call them spikes but like his little fins are like I'm, I'll just say spikes for the sake of simplicity they are you know. More pointy, you know. There's a more like, you know, gammas more pointy <laughs> in this movie. But anyway, his look reflects the tone of the movie and the stress that he is going through as a character, nonstop fighting. And also the fact that his goals, like, he has tunnel vision in this, like, in the Shibuya fight. He's only focused on the Gamera, you know, like on the Gauss, I'm sorry, destroying them. And. You know, he's fighting them in a very busy Shibuya. He actually, for the most part, doesn't care about, you know, like, uh, hurting humans. Like, he never directly kills humanity. But a lot of, like, his fighting with the Gauss causes a lot of casualties. Also, the fact that we get to see the casualties. Like, we get to see so many people die in that fight. And we see... So many like it's different than the previous two where yeah we did see die but it wasn't like to such an extreme as it was in, you know like this one like every example like we got to see Gauss attack a train you know in Tokyo as it was going and people were me. but that was like kind of one moment and after that you know people evacuate Tokyo And the fight itself, there was not anybody there. And of course, we got to see people and animals get eaten by Gauss. And then there's like, uh, we get to see people killed by the Legion in the last movie. But again, it's not at the same scale. And it's more, it's mostly caused by the smaller Legionites uh, who are just trying to get the silicon, the man made silicon. You know, uh, but that results in, like, a train operator dying, sadly. A subway operator, I should say, you know, dying. But, anyway, with the Shibuya fight, you know, the fact that they chose, you know, the setting for Shibuya to be at its most busy and the fight is just, bam, right there. You know, so many people are just dying. Uh, But they, I also, like... You know, they push how far they can really get to a dark Gamera, but they also make it clear that is still, tr- you know, doing his best to try to save humanities as he does, you know, reach, you know, extend his arm out to protect, you know, a child from getting hit from Gauss's, you know, sonic laser beam, uh, you know, which is. Fantastic. And also apologies. I think I just accidentally hit my mic with my thumb. So hopefully that didn't uh hurt anything <laughs> real quick. But no, the fact of Gamera's still like trying his best, but ultimately he did cause a lot of human casualties. Uh and in fact, you know, how Gamera kills the Gauss, you know, it's very, you know, brutal, like Gamera like shoots his fire blast you know point blank at a gauss that is like like oh my god the gore from the gauss is at an extreme I mean like we got eyeball coming out of its socket it's disgusting it is so fucking messed up like my god holy shit like you know You know gore is not as the new for this trilogy Or the gamer series in general But it's never been like this extreme You know seeing like a gal so You know decrepit and disturbed Oh man You know It's awesome yet horrific Um And Uh in fact They actually kill This movie does kill The two of the leads um technically before bringing them back to life and let me bring them up uh ch- ch- i do, there's like one character i'm talking about in particular i'm trying to find out okay i got it i got it so i already mentioned ayana Hiros- you know Hira <coughs> hirosaka in both the Cinematography aspect and the synopsis, but to give you retrospect, you know, Ayana, you know, Hirosaka is played by Ai Maeda. I believe this was one of her first acting roles. Okay, third. Third acting role, you know, and she was actually in Kill Bill Volume 1 as Oren in an anime sequence. She was a voice. So. She was in Kill Bill. She was in Battle Royale, uh, one and two. Uh, those those are pretty popular movies, right? Um, and the only thing that she you know came out lately from her in the acting is a TV series, a 2013 TV series uh, called Galileo. So. Yeah, she's been around. You know, she's done some you know, quite a bit of acting roles. But yeah, she's great as Ayana and the other one is the other character is Tatsunari Moribe, who's played by Yu Koyama. Uh who do we have apparently according to I IMDB. Um only Gamera three, which is kinda surprising. Uh, but anyway, of course, you know, IMDb is not always the most accurate website, especially for foreign films, so take it with a grain of salt. But that said, uh, the fact that they actually killed them, but, like, they actually kill, like, uh, pretty much they die, but they are brought back to life by Gamera, uh, Like Gamera gives a little bit of his life energy into those two to revive them. It's not, you know, like, here's the thing. When I say that, it's not like fully explained how that's happened or that it happens. It's just what you can gather from visually. Like, all we know is that, you know, we had their lifeless bodies reanimated after Gamera gives a war. So you know, if you put two and two together, essentially, which is great, great visual storytelling, by the way. Uh, but um, the one thing I want to commemorate about this darker tone is that it really shows, like, such like, you know, faith Diey had in this creative team at this point, because uh, with the production of Gamma Guardian One you Know Gamera 1 in 1995, uh, there was a you know quite a bit of back and forth and compromising as the studio didn't want Gamera to stray too far into like a more mature, edgier, darker side. So the fact that we get to see this darker Gamera at this point shows how much Dai a has not only changed, you, you know, like back when the Showa era Gamera movies came out, but just throughout this trilogy and showing that they were full on okay with like what this creative team was doing. They pretty much put their faith in this creative team. And that's one of the probably the biggest reason why I love this darker tone, just because it showed that this, you know, the studio, you know, put their faith in the, you know, in their team full stop. And I think that makes for one of the best movies, you know, in the kaiju genre, if not the best. Um, this next point it is sort of you know jumping out from the darker tone and that is um ayana's you know driving motivation or at least the catalyst this is you know ultimately an overall minor point but i think it's something really cool for the movie to do it recontextualizes one tiny moment from the first movie it's during uh the fight in Tio, you know, Tokyo between the big Gauss and Gamera, and we see Gamera go through a building to f- fight Gauss. Now, in that movie, we assumed that everybody evacuated, you know, and we had no reason to believe you know otherwise, you know, we thought that building was empty. Turns out it wasn't. You know, so the fact that they were able to pull that moment, like that. Joe, just one shot, and make that into the catalyst for Ayana's driving motivation. That is like so great. I love it when movies, you know, properly recontextualize something. You know, and it's not like a what a twist. You know, like more. It's not like a, trying to. Uh, what's the word? I'm. It's blanking. It is right there. Uh, don't you hate that when, like, the word is right there, and you want to say it, but you you just can't. Oh man. Uh, um. But I, I, I'm I'm gonna give up on that word because I got the rest to talk about. But anyway, the fact that I just again love you know just take a moment, you know that. You know, play with our assumptions. You know, like improve. You know, otherwise, uh, like you know, just again going back to what was. You know, you know, just simply. Uh, you know. Like one cool, you know, destruction scene in this. You know, overall great fight from the first movie, and make that the jumping board, into pretty much one of the driving motivations for one of the main characters and probably what caused, you know, the, you know, the series events with the, you know, with Iris and Ayana to unfold, you know, that is so great, you know, and I think that shows the talent that was on this, you know, on display here. The fact that they were able to go back and be like, we're going to take this one moment and make that pretty much the catalyst for this entire movie, you know, so great. Uh, next up, you know, second to last point. And by the way, I'm actually going through the likes pretty quickly, um, which is weird. Uh, I thought I would be talking about these longer, but I got two more points. Uh, but anyway, uh, the second to last point is Iris itself, you know. You know, itself is a fantastic villain that works as sort of an evil version of Gamma. Now, it's not like an evil, like oh, it's you know a giant turtle, but evil, er, you know, or more evil, you know, turtle Gamma. No, like it's more of like just how Iris works with, you know, how it like okay, so give you context, you know. If in case you haven't seen the last two episodes, or if you haven't, you know, watched the previous movies, Gamera, you know, it has like sort of a connection with, uh, what was it? Ah, shoot, I just wrote it down too. Asagi, yeah. Anyway, like Asagi, uh, with the little metal talismans or metal bead, no. Oh they used to have connection before Gamera severed that connection and Gamera, you know, Advent of Legion. But anyway, it's like, but you also get the sense that it was like more of a mutual, like, relationship. And Gamera was, you know, not using Ayana, but Ayana was lending her strength to Gamera. You know, it was like, you know, when Gamera was really trying to, like there was like teamwork, but here, you know, Iris has his own like, you know, little talisman that, you know, it's a more it's a greenish bluish type, you know, talisman. It's more corrupted looking, and it's a different. You know, Iris's relationship with Ayana is different because Iris is manipulative. It is a toxic relationship for Ayana. Iris actively drains and fuses with Ayana. Iris does not care about I, you know Ayana's safety. It's it's a contrast to, you know, between Gamma and Sagi where we thought, you know, like when they shared a connection, it was definitely more of a like mutual, we're in this together team, you know, motivation. Whereas this one, Iris is like, lend me your strength, child, and I will give you what you want. It is Iris is that like initial temptation for Ayana to get revenge on Gamera, but in the cause it it pretty much cost Ayana her life and you know she gets enveloped with IR you know, into Iris uh until Gamera literally goes into Iris's chest and rips Ayana out. It, Oh man, I got. I'm not going to spoil that moment. That moment you definitely need to watch. But you know, anyway, and the fact that the uh, they actually borrow from Chinese mythology this time with the guardians of or the gods and guardians of northeast southwest, um, where and how Iris is like, you know. Represents the phoenix, you know, god And, of course, Gamera You know, like the phoenix god of the south uh, Let me see if I can pull it up real quick The Chinese mythology uh, north, north, south, east, what? Yeah, the four guardians, four gods Yeah. Uh, see The... Yeah, so like, Gamera would be like representative of the guardian of the north, and uh, Iris is the phoenix that is the guardian of the south. And I, I think they really build, they do a great job of building the, you know, kind of the mythology origins of, or at least the theories, you know, for Iris of what Iris being and also being like iris is like also this like more genetic you know is like an altered version of gauss you know and there's like some you know similar traits of how but instead of like iris directly eating you know people and animals like how like gauss did you know iris like with its tentacles like stabs or objects you know you know their prey pretty much, and sucks every. You know their inside clean, leaving nothing but, you know, their eyes, skin, and bones in this really creepy, you know, disgusting corpse. You know, you know, and there's like, and they also play again. You know, with the different mythologies. Um, you know, like uh. How they did in the first movie, where they used the mythology not as hard fact, but only as theories as to what Iris actually could be or where Iris came. You know, it's really how the movie does that and how this trilogy does that is great. And also, you could think of the name Iris is not from mythology, but it is a personal connection to Ayana, as I used to be Ayana's cat before it was destroyed, you know, during the Gauss and Gamera fight in the first movie. You know, so you could think of this to uh, Ayana is Iris being reborn, you know, to take revenge on Gamera. So they play that, you know like reincarnation aspect of the phoenix into play and i feel like gyrus's design does take some hints you know from the phoenix you know or at least you know like the chinese you know chinese version of a phoenix which i think is really cool and this will lead me to my final point and that is this is the Gamma team at their best uh this is going to be kind of their all catch all, you know, the catch all of everything, of what I've said in the previous movies. But I think it just this is their best work, you know, best directing, best writing, uh, the best special effects by far in this trilogy. You know, like they really got to focus on the quality here. Um, in fact, they gave our character Osako. You know, he comes back. You know, love to see him, but he gets more scenes. He actually gets a character arc. You know, it's some development. It's so great to see him being an active part in the movie, and but still not losing his comedic edge. Uh, the music, I think, it's at its best with some haunting, mystical tracks, as well as like more like darker versions of previous tracks, like Gamera's theme. You know feels more instead of more like triumphant it's more there's some sinister edge to it. sinister may not be the best word for it but like stressed uh darker i'll just say darker because sinister implies evil and that's not really just but more darker like this is not really triumphant it's still gamma but it's also like gamma is uh Causing a lot of destruction is at his most stressful point. A lot of like, and also the fact that we get to see a lot of recurring, you know, returning cast members from like the first movie. We got, you know, Shinobu Nakayama returning as Mayumi Nagame, <clears throat> Nagamine, and of course Asagi Kusanagi. You know, Kusanagi has returned at. You know, who is played by, once again, Ayoko Fujitani. And the fact these two, you know, get to return and actually get scenes together is really great. Uh, And also the fact we get to see Mayumi and, you know, Inspector or former Inspector, you know, Osako, who is played by Yuki Jiro Hotaru, you know, Reunite, thats so great to see—and we also get a cameo from. Um, let's see—I believe it's. Nope. Uh, I'm trying to find the. Her you know, I'm trying to find the character. I'm looking through her IMDb. List. Uh, nope, that's not it. Uh, I clicked on him yesterday, and it's not showing that I click. You know, uh. Uh, there we go. Yusuke Kawazu, you know Kawazu who's returning as Akio no Uh He was the guy who had trouble with the computer last movie. If uh, for those who remember. Uh, but yeah, it it, it feels like. Uh, at this is not only like this movie is the team at its best, but it feels so. You know, you know, like, uh, you know, final about it, you know, and it and also the movie, it feels like, especially, like, even, the, I'm not going to say the movie, like, the previous movies didn't have something to say, but I think this movie in particular has something it wants to say about its characters, about Gamera, about humanity's relationship with Gamera, and how to put faith in Gamera. It's, you know, and also about the environment. I think the how they tam- you know like tackle the environmental damage in this movie is much better than the previous ones where i felt like it could have been it was a little bit slapped off. but here it feels like a constant thread and also the way that they were able to set up the gauss invasion at the very end leading to a really great yet ambiguous ending for this movie i know some people complain it's a cliffhanger and that sucks that we never got gamma 4 but I don't think we needed a camera for. I think that's a great ambiguous ending that asks you, the audience, because in the movie it's asking the characters to have faith in camera, but now the final moment is asking you, the audience, who's watching this movie, to have faith in camera. And going back to the cameras, you know, characters really great. I think the actors are at their best. Even the new cast is fantastic, and. I think this is the characters at their best. With that said, though, not no movie's perfect. No movie's perfect whatsoever. So we have to go and talk about some dislikes. And I think the biggest dislike of this movie, the biggest criticism of this movie, in fact, this might bring this movie to a negative 10 out of 10, personally, is that the cat dies. We, get, we see a cat you know, die in the beginning of this movie in a flashback sequence, you know, death by gamera destroying the building. Uh who cares about Iana? Like who cares about Ayana's parents? But the fact that Ayanna's cat dies, that's too far. That's too far. Negative ten out of ten movie. <laughs> uh joking aside, it's still I, I, as me who owns you know a cat of my own I really hate seeing when animals And pets die in movies So you know I I hated it here You know so uh, You know To the movies credit I think you're supposed to hate it But at the same time why? Why? Why'd you do that? Stop doing that Gamera Trilogy Stop killing pets This is your second time you did this Bad Bad Gamera Trilogy uh, but anyway, next point is this, this is like such a non-negative, um, the, these two or all these points, I, I, this one is like, I, this next point is I wish I owned this movie as a kid. That's not even a problem with the movie itself, but I needed a spot to find a thing I disliked about the movie. Uh, I, yeah, I just wish I was able to develop a nostalgic attachment to this movie like I did with the you know first camera movie. But with that said, I think it was fucking awesome that I got to see this movie in theaters when I was a kid. yeah like like I mentioned in the last episode, I actually got to see Gamera 2 and Gamera 3 in a theater when I was a kid back in the early 2000s and having and by the way, Watching those movies in theater was like, that was my first time seeing these movies overall. So like, and for me being a kid growing up in the, you know, in the United States, watching these, you know, getting to able to see these movies the first time as they are, you know, supposed to be on the big screen. Holy crap. You know, that's just an amazing experience. I I wish I could relive, but as, you know, a bit you know older, I guess, a little bit, it's sort of a double-edged sword. Like, I wish I was a bit older so I could remember more about the experience, but at the same time, I'm also glad that it was part of, you know, my experience as a kid, you know, getting to see these movies, you know, you know, the first time seeing these movies, you know, is on the big screen, such a memorable moment for my childhood. One one of the highlights for sure. I wish I remembered more from it, but I do remember seeing them in theaters and just. I and honestly, I think that this movie particular, seeing in theater for the first, you know, as my first time, really left an impression, you know, an impression on me. Because when I was rewatching this movie last night, I was, re- kind of re- remembering how I felt. Or just, like, a bit of nostalgia kicked in, you know. Like, uh, just, like, remembering that experience of watching it in the theater. Uh, even though this is more of a positive, this, what is this, like, uh, again, anyway, I I hated I didn't own this movie until I was in high school. <laughs> uh, this next point is that this isn't almost too perfect of a movie, honestly. It's like camera three do you know how hard it is to find things to dislike about this movie about you you're making my job harder you're making this you know prerequisite i set for myself to find five things i dislike about the movie you're making it too hard for myself so how dare you be too good of a movie (laughs) um this next point i think maybe some people have but I personally don't have, but I'm going to mention it anyway, is that I wish we could see more kaiju action. Even though, I gotta say, not really, because I think the movie is perfect the way it is. Even though, okay, no movie's perfect, but this is, like, it's great as it is. It, it The movie's fine as it is, but I will say, action is so good, I wish we could have seen a bit more. You know, and that represent, you know, just in a sense, like, I don't think the movie needed more action. But rather the action, the kaiju special effects were so good, I wish we had more of it. You know, like, uh, you know, uh, especially like seeing the shots in the rain with the suits. Oh, that was amazing. That was fantastic. Oh, man. Uh, but... Anyway, we're already down to my last thing I dislike about this movie and, or have criticism of. This one, I will say it's not a dislike, but it is a criticism. I think it's actually a genuine criticism, even though it is still nitpicky. And that while Iris' design is great, I don't think it has enough gauss in it. Uh, let me like... Uh, Explain, you know, Iris, you know, is theorized, you know, or, you know, has a lot of similarities, you know, to the Gauss, you know, is like known for being like a mutated Gauss, but, um, you know, the, the, you know, like in this movie, the writing, the story and how the character acts, that's you know that works but in iris's design itself i don't think it carries enough traits uh from gauss into its design i can vaguely see you know see like kind of similarities with gauss but again it's more of a vague similarity nothing more concrete you know because it feels like iris is its own thing which is fine but when you add in this connection to the Gauss, I feel like it should have carried more of you know, the design traits from Gauss into its design. But like I said, this is a nitpick. It's a very minor complaint. But yeah, anyway, those are all the things I disliked about the movie. So that leaves me to my overall thoughts. And let me tell you, this is by far the best gamma movie ever made. And one could argue that this one this is one of the best movies in the kaiju, you know, kaiju genre, up there with the likes of the original Godzilla. Even though I like the first one, uh, Gamera Guardian of the Universe, ever so slightly, me only because I have a nostalgic bias for that movie. Gamma Three is nothing short of being a work of art that I recommend everyone. Kaiju fans, non-kaiju fans, just movie lovers in general, should check out and watch. So yeah, anyway, that's it for this episode. Uh, if you are listening to this on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Press the bell notification. Do all the YouTube things. Uh, leave a comment tell me what I'm doing right or what I'm doing wrong. Leave a dislike if you feel like it. I don't care. <laughs> more engagement, more me. <laughs> uh, but. Yeah, anyway, I'm also available on a lot of, you know, major podcasting platforms, including Podbean, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon. And yeah, that's it for this episode. Next week, it'll be the last camera movie, you know, that I'll be checking out. And also the last camera movie you know, made, I'm not gonna count the short uh short trailer film, whatever you want to call it from twenty sixteen. You know, the trailer that I wish became a full movie. Uh, but I am talking about Gamera the Brave. You know, that's gonna be next week's episode and Stephnale of the Gamera, you know, series, and then the week after I'm gonna do a big old tier list video of all the Gamera movies. So anyway, thank you for listening. I hope you have a fantastic day. Take care.